Baby, it's the Umbrella Man. I am Waldo, your host here on another edition of the Regulators Podcast. Thank you for joining us as always. If you are not following us on Twitter, you are completely missing out on some awesome, awesome shenanigans. So go check it out at Regulators Pod on Twitter. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Um, it's It's been you know really good season for us so far. We had a good week last week. Um, We barely stayed in the W column, but we still did. We're still 12 games ahead of the spread, so if you're following along with us, you know you're making money with us, and uh, you're welcome, by the way. Um, You guys know that we don't bet every single game, so you know that 12 games ahead of the spread is pretty great for us. Uh, We did actually uh, survive the first four weeks of the season, which is kind of the toughest thing to do when you're betting on the NFL because... The first month is really a crapshoot. Like it's, it can be so tough with new teams, new regimes. There's a lot to kind of figure out. But if you come out ahead of the game in the first month, then the rest is butter, baby, butter. So we're gonna get you all set up, and uh, you can come earn and burn with us all the way through to the Super Bowl. We got all your games coming up this week. Plus, at the end, I'm gonna give you my four and eight way parlays. Those are definitely something you should get in on. You know, it's something where sometimes you can throw in as little as a couple of bucks and the payout is huge. So uh, not to mention, of course, our fantasy insights and obviously the amazing commentary and opinions that absolutely no one asked for. But you're going to fucking get them anyway because you're here. So let's get right into it. First game of the week, you've got Thursday night football, Los Angeles Rams at 3-1. and one. Taking on the Washington football team. Why did I say Washington? I swear, I, I, I'm not drunk. I'm looking at my notes here. I wrote was minus one, and then I said Washington. Um, was minus one, not Washington, because the LA Rams aren't even playing Washington. They're playing Seattle. It's like the first two minutes of the show, and we're already off the fucking rails. But that's okay, because you know what? That's, that's just how we roll. So we're going to correct it on the fly. No edits needed. Um, L.A. Rams are taking on the Seattle Seahawks, which, again, the Rams were favored by one point, and now it's two and a half. Um, you know, this is this is one that I'm not putting a bet on. I think this is going to be a really good game in Pick'em. If pressed, I'm going to take the Rams. But I could see either team pulling this out. You know, you look at the Rams. Last week, they did lose to the Cardinals, but they're still the number two scoring percentage offense in the NFL. Um, The Rams really, you know, this entire division, I mean, you've got the Cardinals, you've got the Rams, you've got the Seahawks, you've got the 49ers. I mean, it's just always fun to watch this division kind of duke it out, especially when everybody in that division is is pretty well, uh, is doing pretty well. So, you know, as far as the Rams are concerned, I think that this week, Henderson is going to face one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. I think they actually are the worst run defense in the NFL. So he could have a really big game. I think defensively, the Rams just need to step the fuck up. I mean, you know, they're they're hanging by a very thin thread. And I do not dig that shit about them because they are on my fantasy team and they are currently riding the fucking bench. So I'd love it if they 
pick that up because they just have too much talent uh, for the defense to kind of go to the wayside. Now, on the other side of the ball, you know, the Seattle Seahawks last week, they did enough to get by another division opponent in San Francisco, but they're going to have a much tougher task this week. Alex Collins obviously stole the show from Carson owners, but I think it should be back to a heavy dose of Carson this week and Lockett as well, uh, who kind of had an off week. I think that the DK Metcalf foot injury is is definitely something that you want to monitor. Um, and on the Seahawks side of the ball, their defense needs to show that this is a deep playoff team, that they are not a one and done, that they can back up their offense when need be, and they're going to need that against the Rams this week. So fun game to start the week off. Obviously, division games are usually pretty good games to watch, um, but no bet for me. Again, if you want to put some action at last check, it was, not Washington, but it was minus one, and then I saw it at two and a half to the Rams last time that I checked. So the money's starting to slide that way. Um, let's get into the Sunday games, though. So you've got the New York Jets. Hey, congrats. Coach Sala got his first win there, got off the schneid. Um, they're taking on the Atlanta Falcons, who also have the same record at one and three. Now, Atlanta's favored by three in this game. And I got to tell you, I like the Jets to cover this. I think the Jets might actually pull out another win, but I definitely like them to cover this. So last week, the Jets obviously got their first W. This is a chance for them to get another one. Zach Wilson showed a lot of improvement. You know, the Jets are top five in the NFL in sacks, so they do get after the quarterback. And Salah's starting to, we're starting to see that identity of the defense a little bit, a little bit, not a lot of it, but a little bit. So um, they need to get after Matt Ryan. I think from a fantasy perspective, Jamison Crowder is definitely someone who should be on your radar. Not saying he should be in your starting lineup, but he should be on your radar. Um, he did well you know, in his season debut last week, and he could be someone who could become a fantasy target that might help your team. On Atlanta's side of the ball, I don't know what you want me to say, man. I got love for the ATL. In so many ways that I can't even explain. And even the Falcons organization. But they are just trash right now. So, first of all, you've got the worst defense in the NFL. And that's not my opinion. That's stats. That's facts. You're allowing more points than anybody else. You can't stop anybody. So, you also should have drafted a quarterback. Because you're not giving Matt Ryan $40 million next year to get blown out each week because the defense can't stop anybody. You could have traded him while there's st there was still some market there, and you fucked up on that. So now you're going to have to deal with the repercussions, and this team's going to need a lot of work. I understand it's a new regime coming in. Obviously, Dimitrov is gone. Obviously, you know they, they have new GM, new head coach, and everything. Um, but Arthur Smith is, is going into rebuild mode for sure with these guys. And this week for Atlanta, I mean, it's the Jets, a rookie coach, a rookie quarterback, and I bet you find a way at home to fuck this up. I really bet you do. Um, but prove me wrong. 
prove prove to me that there's some semblance of competency going on in that building right now because I just don't see it. The only semblance of competency I see is from Cordero Patterson, who has just been explosive for fantasy owners. I would start him and Calvin Ridley. I think that, you know, Matt's going to air it out. Matt's going to do his thing. I don't know if that means they get the W or not. They're really favored by the three points just because they're the home team. But against the Jets, you're hosting the Jets, and you're only favored by three, which is basically a pick em. Um Yeah. Good luck to all involved, but I like the Jets to cover the spread. Now let's talk about the New England Patriots. Woo, Nelly. So New England Patriots, also 1-3, taking on another 1-3 team in the Houston Texans. Now, originally, I saw New England favored by 10, which that's just too big of a spread for me for a team that doesn't score a whole hell of a lot of points. I, I get their defense. You know, I, I understand that. But 10 points is, is too big for me. I, I will take Houston to cover that spread, but I don't feel super, super confident about it because last time I took Houston to cover eight points, they fucking blew it. They blew it in a big way. So Houston could still get spanked in this one, but I just a spread that big. I got to go after it from Houston's side. But let's let's talk about the game. So New England, first of all, last week there was so much hype over Brady, you know, returning to Foxborough and all of that shit, and it was it was great. We all expected like a really exciting game, and you know, I think most of us were pretty let down with what happened. And you know, listen, it was pouring fucking rain and other things happened but obviously we would have loved to see you know something spectacular and we didn't and that's fine but that's why the only fucking story out of last week's sunday night football matchup the only fucking story that i want to talk about is mac jones that's it that's the story now i'm not going to be as dumb as adam schefter and and i never name drop i never do this and i love adam schefter to death but on Monday Night Football, he was saying that Justin Herbert will be a Hall of Famer, which maybe he will someday, but God damn, can you give these guys like three seasons of football before we either crown them as Hall of Famers or consider them a bust and are ready to move the fuck on? Like, come on, bro. So I'm not going to go there with Mac Jones. I'm not fitting him for a gold jacket. What I'm going to tell you, is that against a very good defense, a very well-coached team, he went 31 of 40 for 275 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and he looked the fucking part. And let me tell you something, his run game didn't help him at all. They had negative one rushing yards. So it was all on Mac Jones, and he was playing in the same downpour that Tom Brady had. And listen, the quarterbacks don't play each other. They play each other's defenses. Like, that's that's how it works. But you look at what Mac Jones was doing in just his fourth professional football game, and he looked great. He looked fucking great. I know there were jokes early on in the season about dink and dunk mac and cheese. You know, that, that's fine. But in this game, he stepped the fuck up, and he played really well, and I want to see if he can build on that going into Houston. So this week, you know, the defense has played well. This is a perfect opportunity to tune up on a garbage team and to get back to 500. As far as fantasy is concerned, 
Jacoby Myers is an interesting play, but you know I don't trust the running backs. The way Belichick uses his running backs, and God forbid one of them fumbles, they'll be selling insurance by the end of the week. So I just don't trust the running backs. Um, on the other side of the ball, you've got Houston, which last week, I mean, they got donkey punched by the Bills. Davis Mills has five interceptions, and his interception rate is the worst in the league. Um, remember, he didn't even play week one, so just don't get me started there. Uh, the Texans were just out there last week like round one of Squid Games. It was a massacre. And their next round, Davis Mills is getting the umbrella, so best of luck to him. I think this week for the Texans, it's Brandon Cooks or bust, but even he might have a tough matchup against New England. I know that based on last year and based on some of the struggles with the Patriots, you don't want to buy that their defense is as good as it is. I'm not saying it's top five, but it is a very respectable defense. And so Brandon Cooks may or may not get loose. Uh, you'll have to kind of roll the dice there. Let's talk about the next game. And Detroit is 0-4, winless. They're taking on the Minnesota Vikings at 1-3, and and Minnesota is favored by 7.5 points. Now, I thought Detroit, you know, might backdoor cover last week. They're fighting for Campbell. And I mean, listen, Detroit is fighting, but this is what a rebuild looks like. If you're not sure, just ask Lions fans because they know they've been rebuilding since 1957. Now, you aren't going to beat Minnesota unless they just don't show up for this game. You know, uh, Goff, he can't take care of the football. He's got way more fumbles than he should. Um, you're not going to outscore the Vikings, so... Your only your only hope is that you get some weird bounces of the ball or some bad penalty calls or some things that go in your way and you just try to limit the mistakes. You know, the Vikings defense, I get it. They're not great, but I just can't trust the consistency of Lions players um, in fantasy aspect in any way, shape, or form. So I'm walking away from them on fantasy. On the other side of the ball with Minnesota... Listen, last week, that defense holding the Browns to 14 points was very impressive. Only scoring seven is not. Now, if Dalvin Cook is in this week, I think he's back to basics and it's full send. I expect bombs over Baghdad this week. Like, Cousins will have a top five fantasy performance this week. If you need a flex and some dumbass has let him go for whatever reason because he had one 10-point game or whatever the issue is, Pick him up and play him if you really need a quarterback um, because I think he was ranked four before last week and he's going to be back up in that category after this week. So I like Minnesota. I'll take them to cover the seven and a half just because as much as I believed in the Lions and as much as I still believe in the long-term potential rebuild there, right now they just don't have it. And so that Minnesota offense, I think, is going to be too much to handle, and they should cover the 7.5 points. Now, we've got the Eagles at 1-3 and three, taking on the Carolina Panthers at 3-1. and one. So Carolina is favored by 3.5 in this one. I'm not going to put a bet on this one. Again, reminder, kids, you don't have to bet on every single game. I know that all the talking heads put out their spreads for every single game, but half of those, they wouldn't even want to take those spreads, but they do it just because they feel that they're compelled to. Well, I have the microphone, Bob, so 
You will listen to what I have to say, and I say you don't have to bet on everything. So, no bet on this game. I will take Carolina and pick them, but I don't feel super confident about that. I think this game could go either way, and I believe that based on the strengths of both teams. So let's talk about the Eagles. Last week, they lost to the Chiefs. I don't think anybody's going to down them for that, but Hurts showed a lot of promise. 32 of 48, 387 yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions. So I don't know what else you want from the guy, plus obviously what he can do with his legs. I think this is a really good test this week against an even better defense than they were playing last week with the Chiefs. And Miles Sanders leads the league in broken tackle rate, but he's had nine carries in two games. So my question to the Eagles is, why do you hate that man? Why do you hate him? He has a family. Why do you hate that man? Let's try to get some carries and touches for uh, Miles Sanders there. But if I'm in fantasy, do not fucking start him. You will regret it. Granted, one of these weeks I'm going to be wrong and he's going to get like 30 points because they'll actually do the smart thing and get the ball in his hands. But more often than not, Jalen Hurts, Kenneth Gainwell, they just steal his carries. Someone actually offered Miles Sanders to me in a fantasy trade uh, this week. And, you know, the, the asking price wasn't astronomical. It's just that I have zero faith in Miles Sanders, someone who helped me to a fantasy championship last year. I'm just, I'm over it. You know, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Now, if somebody gets injured or things change, we'll see. But for now, put Miles Sanders to the side. Now, this week, I think that the Philly D needs to get in Darnold's face and expose him for the fraud that I believe him to be. Now, I know last week, Sammy D went ham against Dallas in fantasy, and I don't know if you guys realize this, but he has five rushing touchdowns on the year. So I'm not saying we rename him Lamar Darnold yet, but something to monitor. Fantasy-wise, I see you. I see you working. But I still believe that he is a fraud. I have seen too much of this man to let him have five or six good games and all of a sudden it's the reclamation process and everything was just Gase's fault and you know everybody else is like I'm not buying it I'm really not so this week I don't have a bunch of faith in Chuba um I think he's boomer bust DJ Moore or Anderson it's kind of a toss-up with both of those guys nobody would shame you for starting either one of them uh, unless you had much much better options but I think Carolina gets this done, but I would not be surprised to see Philly just punch him in the fucking mouth. So we'll see. It's in Carolina, so obviously that's part of the points. But for me, no bet, Carolina and pick them. Now, New Orleans Saints, 2-2, two and two, taking on Washington. Not was, but taking on Washington at 2-2. Two and two. And... Speaking of 2-2 two and 2-2, two and, two and two, the Saints are favored by 2. So, Saints minus 2 in this one. I like them to cover the spread. Last week, the Saints had 170 rushing yards. And they lost to the fucking Giants. That, that was unacceptable. That was unacceptable. I hope that Sean Payton looked in the mirror and he shamed himself. Because he should have. Um, 
A lot of people don't realize Jameis Winston is fourth in QBR right now. I think that it's fun to make the jokes. It's fun to make the memes, and we do it too. I'm not fucking pointing fingers at anybody else because it's us too. But I think that Sean's got him in a good place, and I think that they should be able to work some magic against Washington this week. The Saints themselves on defense are second in quarterback knockdowns, but they only have six sacks. So the production hasn't really gotten there yet, but they're knocking down the quarterback. I mean, they're like a step away on some of these. You're watching the game film, and you're just like, oh, like it, like and, and that pass gets away from the quarterback. But sooner or later, the luck has to swing the other way, and they're going to start stacking up some sacks. I think fantasy-wise, outside of your obvious starts, um, I think Callaway is a fringe flex. It's tough to know, again, which Jameis you're going to see, but based on Washington's defense, I think you can probably put him in there and, and hopefully you get some prediction. Prediction? Prediction? Prediction. Oh, my God. Prediction. I swear, I've had like two. Okay, maybe I've had more. Felt like two. Maybe it was three or four, and maybe they were doubles. But hey, I don't come to your house and ask you about your life. So, anyways, Taylor Heineke, he's doing all you can ask for. You know, if the defense decides to get off the bus for this game, then this team might actually be pretty good. Um, currently, though, this defense is trash, and they are third worst in scoring defense, and they need to be much better. I need to see all them damn. First round picks on that defensive line make Jameis Winston do Jameis Winston things. I think that J.D. McKissick should be on your radar in deep leagues. Um, not exactly a plug and play, but you know, kind of in that Naheem Himes role, which obviously didn't work out well for anybody last week. I think he had negative two fantasy points, but just somebody to keep on your radar might be somebody to keep on a bench and you never know what can happen with injuries and stuff like that. Let's look at the Tennessee Titans. The motherfucking Tennessee Titans. I swear they they scorn me every week. Um 2 and 2 taking on the Jags at 0 and 4. Now Tennessee is favored by 4 in this game. They were favored obviously against the Jets, which we took them in both of our parlays and they fucking destroyed both of my parlays last week, I was very upset about that. Um, you know, you can't handle the Jets. Like, you're supposed to run away with this division, and you couldn't handle the Jets. Now, I knew I had a bad omen. As soon, I want to say it was like Thursday or Friday, and might have even been Wednesday after the show came out, and I saw that Julio Jones and A.J. Brown were not practicing, and I was like, fuck, fuck. I went so hard in on the parlays. And just like, it was just a sign. I knew it. And then, of course, they were out. But, I mean, damn, man. Derrick Henry has 150 yards, 157 yards rushing. And it's it still wasn't enough against the Jets. Um, one of the problems the Tennessee Titans are having is you're giving up the most sacks in the NFL right now. So, despite some of the other offensive lines around the league that we talk a lot of shit about, and for good reason, the Tennessee Titans are giving up currently the most sacks in the NFL. So that's a problem. This week for them, defense. You know, when you have over 400 yards of offense, don't turn the ball over 
and you lose the game to the Jets, you have a fucking problem. You lose to anybody in that manner. You have It's not like Tannehill had two picks and the offense couldn't get going. No, just the defense was basuda. So this week, we need the defense to also get off the bus. Maybe they can call uh, the Washington football team and they can set reminders and check in with each other. Hey, did you get on the bus? Hey, did you get off the bus? You know, they can like buddy system, you know, like field trips when you were younger. So anyways, <laughs> let's talk about, you know, Jacksonville, which, man, where do I even fucking start? So let's just talk about the game from last week, right? They were up early on Cincinnati, but then they went all Jaguars on themselves and completely imploded. J-Rob had two touchdowns, which is great if you're in fantasy, but aside from the game, I mean, Urban Meyer has bigger problems. Like, what the fuck is going on? So, for anybody who lives under a rock and somehow doesn't know what's going on, after the game last week, Urban Meyer did not fly back with his team. He stayed in Ohio. Now, many people understand that Urban Meyer has family in the area, and he coached at Ohio State, and the game was in Cincinnati, so you know he decided he was going to stay and hang out uh, in Ohio. And then what happened is there was a viral video going around of him out at a bar um, with a young lady who was, we'll call it twerking, grinding, whatever you want to use, on him and that young lady was not his wife and it became so viral and was blowing up so much that I believe his wife even responded on Twitter and said meanwhile I'm here babysitting and there was like a picture of her with the grandkids and she was giving them a bath or something so I'm sure he had an amazing fucking night but like your team is 0 and 4 and I'm sure to some level you're preaching accountability and things like that. And then you don't fly back with the team, which is just literally fucking unheard of. Um, and then you go out to a bar and some chick is grinding on you like, bro, you got bigger problems right now than, you know, the fact that you just lost to the Bengals. I, it was interesting because people were saying in week three that, Will Urban Meyer survive the week? Maybe he'll get fired. And it was like three weeks into his career as a Jaguars coach. And I'm like, that's the most asinine thing that I have ever heard in my life. Like, it's completely asinine. And if that were to happen, like, I just, I, I, it just three games in, I don't care if you're Adam Gase. Like, you, you get more than three games. But now, like, seeing this and seeing how this is playing out, and then I think it was Mike Silver who said, he talked to some people in the locker room, and basically, guy has zero respect in that locker room. Like, nobody, according to Inside Sauces, you know, which I hate to be that guy, and it's not me. This is coming from other people, but, uh, but I get it. Like, how can you take this man seriously? How can you in any way, shape, or form, like, take this man seriously? And then, of course, he came out, and he makes this bullshit apology, and... Oh, you know, they were trying to get me on the dance floor, and I just, like, no, 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 no. You know, I think it was uh, the Georgia Satellites who said, don't hand me no lines and keep your hands to yourself. So, this week, as the Jaguars try to focus on football, 
Um, I think the players need to have a players-only meeting because this is no longer about the coach, and they need to be like, this is about us. Fuck him. Fuck whatever he does when he's, you know, and what it, like this has to be about us. This has to be, he may or may not be here a year or two from now, and maybe some of us won't, but for those of us who will, this is, this is about us. You know, you need to go out, you need to help your rookie quarterback out, make plays, play for each other, and defensively try to get after Tannehill and just put three guys on Derrick Henry. You know, I honestly, I, I don't even know what to say, but I think it's going to be a very, very long season for Jaguars fans and for Tennessee in this game man don't even sweat this one out to the fourth quarter like put it away early like you should like someone who should be an easy easy fucking walk to a division champion but you know by the way is there anything better than sweating out a win in the fourth quarter and coming away with cash in your pocket listen at my bookie there is make your first deposit and receive double your money before ever placing a bet with my bookie. That's a dollar for dollar match on whatever you throw down up to a thousand bucks. So use that extra scratch to get in on all the biggest games of the week, including, you know, the Sunday night matchup we have between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. So with two of the most explosive offenses in the NFL going toe to toe, you know the over is going to be a great bet. And as if you needed another reason, to head to mybookie.ag to celebrate the start of the MLB playoffs. MyBookie is hosting a $20,000 blackjack tournament that's absolutely free to enter. So winning season is here, so go get in the game and get to mybookie.ag now. Use my promo code REGULATORS to get double your deposit bonus. That's promo code REGULATORS so you can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Listen, you know, you guys know that we always shoot you straight, man. Like, I love partnering with these guys. Like, and the fact that we're crushing it on their lines. Like, follow us. We got all the receipts. Listen to our podcast. We stay ahead of the game. So, you know, keep betting with us. And let's talk about some other spreads that we got here. And we're, we're going to try to put some money into your pocket because that's what I'm here for. Help me help you. Help me help you. Let me tell you a team that needs a lot of help, and I don't know if I can help them help themselves because I got no answers. The Miami Dolphins at 1-3 and three are taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 3-1. and one. Dolphins fans, you might want to look away because this, this isn't going to be pretty. Now, Tampa Bay is favored by 10 points in this game, and I cannot place a bet on this game in good conscience because I know that I am unable to remove emotion from it and therefore that compromises my ability to make a bet. Not because I think the Dolphins are going to win this game in any way, shape, or form, but because I can't even tell you how I feel about the 10 points, which is basically minus 110 on either side, no matter where you go, so it's a really good line. Um... But I know that emotion is involved, so I'm not going to bet it. Obviously, I'll take Tampa Bay money line. But let's talk about the Miami Dolphins. Last week, fuck, disgusting. I mean, I really wasn't going to rehash this because I feel like I've had this conversation 57 times since last Sunday. But listen, I have integrity. 
I'm not just going to skip over it when a team that I like gets dragged and quartered on national fucking television. So here's what you got going on, Miami Dolphins. You lead the league in drops. So not great on your wide receivers. You average less yards per play than any other team in the NFL, including the Jets, including the Bears, including everybody else. You don't take deep shots until you're losing in the fourth quarter. Your offensive line would be improved by putting Swiss cheese blocks in the starting lineup. The only good thing you have going right now is your defense, who is getting made to look like shit because of how bad the offense is. You have games like last week where, through the first half, the Dolphins have allowed like seven points, and they had kicked a field goal early on, so the defense is is doing their job, right? And then you have situations where Jakeem Grant, who is no longer on the team, traded for a six-round pick in 2023 to the Bears, if you weren't aware, um, and pretty much because of this play. So Jakeem Grant fumbled a punt return, and the Colts got it, and then they go score on a short field. And it's like, all right, the defense is out there basically 85% of the time because the offense can't do a damn thing. And then when the offense screws up and then they have to protect a short field, which more often than not they hold to a field goal, it's like you can't even start to hold some of these things against the defense at some point. I mean, even in the Bills game, I think the first half they allowed 10 points or 14 points or whatever it was. It's like the defense is being hung out to dry. And it's not even close. So it's hard to even evaluate the defense at this point. And as far as the wide receiver woes with the drops, and I know everyone wants to talk about Jakeem Grant. Listen, I loved Jakeem Grant. I think there are important things to recognize. Number one, Jakeem Grant was never utilized properly the way that he should have been. In the punt return and the kick return game, yes. I think last year he was third and punt return average. He he does change the field, you know. It's not all about running back for a touchdown every time. It's, you know, if you're averaging 20 yards per punt return and you're you're giving the offense a better advantage to start, then that's huge and over games and over seasons that matter. Um nobody knew how to utilize him in the offense. And I think one of the things that always triggered me was Everyone said that Jakeem Grant couldn't catch. Meanwhile, he was typically the second best uh, catch rate in the team and fewest drops. I think only Miles Gaskin last year, I want to say, had a higher catch rate. And he was, you know, like catching balls in the backfield. So it's not really the same thing. My point is, is that there's been several times where people bring that up and I go run the stats at any given time and it's like, oh, Gasicki, Parker, Preston Williams, all these guys didn't have as good a catch rate as Jakeem. But here was the problem with Jakeem. Jakeem either fumbled or dropped a pass at the most inopportune times that ever happened. It was always... Third and 17, you need a big play. You're down by a touchdown. It's a 50-yard bomb. It hits him in the hands, and he drops it. It was always 
your team's fighting, you're still in a game, here comes the punt, and you fumble it. It was always at the most inopportune times, which is exactly why it seemed like he was just complete hot trash. But he wasn't. Um, and for what they were paying him and to keep him on the roster and, and whatever. Um, but a lot of fans, you know, are, are like good riddance and he will no longer be with the team. But for me, he was just the Anthony Lynn of wide receivers. He just, he wasn't bad. He just, at the most inopportune times, he fucked it up. And therefore, Miami had to move on. But I love him as a, a person and just like I, I wish him the best in, in Chicago and hopefully they can uh, use him in a manner that will uh, behoove what they are trying to do there. But anyways, let's get back to this game. So what do I recommend for the Miami Dolphins this week? I would say after the coin toss, walk back to the sidelines bend over and kiss your ass goodbye this is going to be a fucking bloodbath and i want to see reed Sinnott by the second half i'm done wake me up when Tua comes back i have nothing else to say moving on tampa bay's side of the ball last week brady got the w but obviously he didn't look sharp i know that the rain was a factor um but man, the balls were sailing on him, and sometimes he'd hit the wide receiver in the hand, and they, they had some drops. Uh, Cameron Brait is nowhere near Gronk, and he needs to come back with the quickness. But, you know, Brady obviously did enough to get the W, and he's not even going to have to try much in this game. I think that he's going to bounce back. I look for him to pick on Eric Rowe and also Justin Coleman if he's going to be out there, who is allowing a 91.7% completion rating. And if you don't think that's the kind of thing that Tom Brady knows, I assure you it is. Um, Rojo had a great fucking game all of a sudden last week, but I just can't trust him. Um, I really can't. So I need Gronk back ASAP. I think that AB is a start. He just gets too much of a target share, and obviously you know you're going to plug in those other wide receivers as well. Let's move on to the Green Bay Packer game. Green Bay 3-1 taking on the Bengals at 3-1, and, and Green Bay is favored by 3. I love Green Bay by a field goal. I think this was a little bit higher earlier, and it came back down in range, um, but I love Green Bay by a field goal here. Last week, they beat the Flailing Steelers. Um, I don't like for fantasy that AJ and AJ are splitting 50-50 with the carries, um, Dylan and Aaron Jones. That's definitely something that you know doesn't get you super excited about your weekly matchups, but we'll have to see how that plays out as time goes on. This week, I think Green Bay just has to not sleep on a Cincinnati team that's allowing the fourth lowest scoring percentage to opposing offenses. So... Bengals are sneakily becoming a decent football team. I didn't say they're great or elite yet, but they are putting some things together, which shocks me for a number of reasons. One, because I think Zach Taylor is hot trash, and and I don't know why he still has a job. Um, but having said that, they are doing very well right now, obviously being 3-1. and one. If they can find a way somehow at home to beat up on the Packers, that would be very, very big for them. 
don't think it'll happen. Cincinnati last week, you know, they beat the Jaguars, and Burrow was 25 of 32, 348 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Great game for him. Uzama, hell, five catches, 95 yards, and two touchdowns. Do not buy. Do not make this person the number one waiver wire target that you have. If you're really struggling at tight end and you want to add him, fine, but put him way down on your priority list because there are much better people out there. I think that one game does not make a fantasy player relevant. So this week, I think players that are relevant, obviously Boyd and Chase are starts. Higgins should be back with the shoulder issue. Now the real issue, though, is Mixon. Mixon is the third best yards per game rusher in the NFL right now, but obviously he just got that ankle issue and he's day-to-day. So it's not expected to be a week-to-week thing. It's expected to be day-to-day, but obviously something to monitor going into your fantasy matchups this week. Now, Denver Broncos were undefeated last week and they are undefeated no more. 3-1 and one, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers who are the transposed version of that at 1-3, and and Pittsburgh is favored by 1 in this game. Now, this game has a lot of what-if possible scenarios. Now, for me, I will take Pittsburgh minus the 1 point if Teddy is not playing and or if maybe he doesn't practice all week and he's a game-time decision. But if it looks like Teddy's ready to go and he's absolutely playing, then I'm taking Denver to cover the one and to actually uh, beat Pittsburgh. Now, last week, you know, look what happened, Broncos. I said it. I said I wasn't buying that defense against trash teams, and it was an opportunity to prove me wrong and show that you could show up. It didn't happen. Well, here's another chance to prove competence. You got the Steelers on the ropes at home. Big Ben is washed. And only through pure will of Mike Tomlin never having a losing season and the fight that is in the Pittsburgh Steelers will they be able to pull wins out each week. And you've got a chance, Denver. So... We'll see what happens. You know, if if Teddy is out this week, it is going to get ugly, and you need to pull your Broncos fantasy players. I will say that. If he's in, if he's good, then you got a shot. I would feed Gordon. Tim Patrick needs to restore my confidence. Speaking about restoring confidence, let's talk about Big Ben. He looks so washed. And add to that that the Steelers are the worst rushing team in the NFL right now. Everybody who wanted Najee Harris round one, shut the fuck up. And I'm I'm people. I'm people. Because we talked at length before the draft that all the numbers, all the analytics, all the stats say don't take the quarterback or don't take the running back in the first round. Because you get more value out of this player at this position. These guys make it to their second contracts. Justin Snyder did an amazing breakdown on all of the players at different positions and how many made it to their second contract based by position. Um, And running back wasn't it. And the availability of running backs. And I was one of those people who was like, I know what the numbers say. I know what the stats say. And 
You really shouldn't take a running back, but man, how do you pass up Najee? How do you pass him up? Well, I'll tell you how you pass him up. This is this is what happens. So they went out, they got a rookie running back, and they are worst in the league in rushing. And none of that, none of that is a statement to represent Najee or that he's shit or that he's not going to be anything in this league. It's just, it's a rookie running back on a team that has so many problems right now. So therefore, the added value that that first round pick contributed to your team is nowhere to match the added value of other players who could have helped you out in other ways. So this week, listen, if you're the Steelers, give Big Ben an extra scoop of his Raisin Bran, get him his B12 shot, and tell him to just let it fly because you really have no other options. Um, I don't feel great about Steelers fantasy players if you can avoid them. Big Ben's a gunslinger, so you have the option that someone's going to get a couple of touchdowns or get 100 yards, but it's just it's just really hard to predict right now with what's going on in Pittsburgh. So for me, it's a pass. But overall, again, monitor Teddy. If Teddy plays, I like the Broncos. If he doesn't, I'll easily take the Steelers by the one because I think it'll get ugly fast. Now, speaking of getting ugly fast, the Chicago Bears. Chicago, 2-2 two and two, taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Now the Raiders are 3-1, and one, and in this one, Vegas is favored by 5.5 points. Now last week, Bears had 188 rushing yards. Montgomery, what did I tell you? He was at RB6 last year. Like this, guy, this guy's the truth. He's the real deal. And what happens? Knee injury. Fuck! Killing me, Smalls. So, obviously, that's going to be a huge damper on what the Bears are trying to do. Um, Justin Fields last week looked like a rookie. Mooney had a good game, five catches, 125 yards. Now, this week, now that Montgomery is going to miss extended time, uh, which just sucks, man. He was already, I, I think he was the number five fantasy back this year, fifth best in yards per game, rushing the football, and... I just now I I can't trust anybody, especially with not going on not knowing what's going on with the quarterback. Now we hear that Dalton may be getting ready to play. He may be getting healthy. I think if he does, it gives your skill players a better chance than obviously Fields does. Uh, Damian Williams could be a nice play if he's healthy. With obviously Montgomery missing time, not someone I'm gonna go crazy to try to acquire. Um, Montgomery maybe misses a month. I know it's a long time and in an NFL season to miss a month, but I don't know. Just obviously don't drop Montgomery. That shouldn't need to be said. If you don't have an IR slot, just let him ride your bench. It is what it is, but you cannot give up a David Montgomery. Um, Raiders, you know, Monday night football, they showed some fire, but it was a little bit too late. Um, they need to show that they are still a playoff team. They need to show that they're going to be competitive in that very competitive division that they have over there in the AFC West. I think this week you need to get Jacobs and Waller involved early. Get them going. The defense could feast if Fields is in. So that's a big if. Obviously, it's something you got to monitor going up to kickoff. But I do like Vegas in this one. 
and we'll see kind of what the quarterback situation is before kickoff. And then you got the Browns. So Cleveland Browns, 3-1, and one, taking on the Chargers at 3-1. and one. Now the Chargers are favored by 1.5 in this game. Um, I'm not taking the spread, and for a number of reasons. But really, I think this will be a great game. I think this will be an awesome game, and I would love to just watch this game with no juice. With just just literally the juice of the actual game that's happening and just not have a horse in the race. I think this will be an awesome game. Last week, the Browns had 184 rushing yards, yet somehow only managed to put 14 points on the board. But they did get the W over the Vikings. They're going to need a lot more firepower this week against the LA Chargers. I think that this week, you know we've talked about Hunt and Chubb, just put them both in. If you have them somehow, both of them, like I do, um, just just throw them both in. Like just, you know somebody's going to get 100 yards and a couple touchdowns, if not both of them. Um, both are starters. The wide receivers, though, are too inconsistent for me fantasy-wise. So I, I think they're just better guys out there that have a higher floor. I'm a floor guy. If you, if you haven't really followed my fantasy advice in the past and you're kind of wondering how I make some of these assessments, I'm a floor guy. What does that mean? So that means you could have running backs or wide receivers that one week are going to get you 12 to 15 points and on another week are going to get you 2 to 5 points. And then you have players that are going to get you 8 or 9 points every single week. Every single week, their floor is 8 points, but their ceiling is 9 or 10. I want those guys. I want those guys because consistently over the season, I'm going to have more points forced, and if I get enough of those guys, it's like money ball. Like just... That's how I win my leagues. That's what I do. May not be the route that you would like to choose, but just so you understand where I'm coming from with some of that stuff. So that's why I steer away from the wide receivers on the Browns side of the ball. They're just too inconsistent for me. Let's talk about those LA Chargers. $5 billion stadium with a roof, and you have a weather delay. Come on, man. Like... How how stupid is this? Like, I, I've said since they designed this stadium, which so far is a beautiful stadium, but they left the sides exposed, and it's not actually, you know, like a dome. It's just, it's got a roof, but it has no sides. It's like, would you build a house with a roof and then leave maybe the living room wall off and one of the bedroom walls off? No, you wouldn't do that. That seems kind of fucking dumb. So... It's one thing for me to be a little bit judgy, but when you're spending $5 billion on it, come on, man. How do you have a, a, a weather delay? It, fuck it. Like, I just can't. That that better be on, come on, man. I mean, even Gruden. There was a shot of Gruden looking up like, there's a roof. What? What? Like, this makes no sense. That's not how any of this works. Anyways, $5 billion wasted aside... Um, and I'm being asked nine, like, don't come at me on Twitter. Like, fucking, it's, it's a beautiful stadium, but just, it's stupid. I just, anyways. Justin Herbert looked great last week. Eckler eight. And there are two guys that I would like to personally introduce to Justin Herbert. They are Keenan Allen 
and Mike Williams because I think he forgot they existed last week, which obviously doesn't matter to him because he's awesome. He's going to throw to backup wide receivers and tight ends that nobody outside of the Chargers organization has ever fucking heard of, and he's going to take the open guy. But for those of us who are playing fantasy, come on, man. A little help. A little help would be appreciated. So I think this week you're going to see a lot of screens. Eckler is going to have a big game. They're going to try to avoid Miles Garrett any way they can, and they should. It's smart. It's what I would do. Um, but I do like Cleveland to cover the one and a half points. I think this is going to be a really close game. Like I said, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'm changing on the fly. I'm changing on the fly. I'm going to go Cleveland to cover the one and a half. I said no bet because I, I just want to enjoy the, it's going to be such a good game, but you know what? Fuck it. Let's add the juice on the juice. Cleveland by one and a half. Let's do it. Fuck it. Send it in. Send it in. Um, I'll tell you another one that I'll send in with the quickness. Dallas Cowboys hosting the New York Giants. Dallas favored by seven. Fuck it. Send it in. I, I am breaking precedent because last year, NFC East games, I didn't bet on. Because you can never tell. One team's garbage this day. One team's amazing. Like, you just, you can never figure it out. But this year, I think this year is different. I think the Cowboys will handle the New York Giants. I think they will handle them by at least a touchdown. Now, last week, Jones played well. And listen, Saquon is back, baby. So as a Saquon fantasy owner in one of my other leagues, obviously people go, how can you have Nick Chubb and Saquon? I'm just that fucking awesome. But I also have multiple fantasy leagues, obviously, as most of you do, I'm sure. So Saquon is back. It's awesome to see. This week, obviously, Slayton and Shepard may return but if they don't, if they are held out of this game, then obviously Galladay should have another giant day. No pun intended. Um, on the Cowboys' side, Dak had four touchdowns last week. You know, he beat Philly. They beat Philly. Um, and they have a chance to improve their division record yet again with another division matchup. Dalton Schultz is killing the game, and he is available in 70% of your fantasy leagues right now. I picked him up a couple weeks ago, and it has paid dividends, my friends. So pick up Dalton Schultz. Make it something on your to-do list. This week on the Cowboys to-do list, listen, you have the number four offense, and you should act like you are the presumptive division champs and you should slay the Giants at AT&T Stadium. That is what I'm expecting out of you. No more, no less. Handle fucking business. Now, talk about somebody who handled business last week. Kyler Murray and them Arizona Cardinals, the only undefeated team left in the NFL currently. 4-0, hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Now, this one, Arizona's favored by 5.5, and, and I love it. Another thing I love, if Jimmy G plays, is the over set at 50. If Jimmy plays, I love the over. Now let's talk about the 49ers. I know Jimmy G went down and San Francisco couldn't get it done. Well, things aren't going to get easier this week taking on the Arizona Cardinals. This week, you have to look in the mirror and say, hey, I know they're the best offense in the league, but we're the seventh best offense in the league. And we're no slouch in the offensive department. 
Unless, of course, Jimmy G is down and then you have to go, oh shit, we might kind of suck a little bit. But you're going to need every single point you can get against the Cardinals this week. And the Cardinals are, I got to tell you, their their defense is much better than people think that it is. Um, they beat the Rams impressively last week. How long can they stay unbeaten? Are they going to go undefeated? No. Just I'll shut that conversation down now. Nobody's going undefeated. So we can stop. But having said that, the Rams are off. I'm sorry. The Cardinals are off to an amazing start. Obviously, riding high with the best offense in the league. Um, as far as fantasy players, I'm riding with everybody except for A.J. Green. And you might be like, but Waldo, like, back-to-back weeks he's he's done well like okay and then he'll go and twist his fucking ankle in the first quarter like it's just like hey listen i'm jaded i'm cynical i get it but that's just me i'm bitter i'm like a 34 year old divorced woman who just like can't forget and like i'm gonna blame all your past mistakes on you like any chance i get so aj green is a no for me anybody else on arizona go ahead fuck it throw them in and let's ride now, I'll tell you a game I'm riding with. Sunday night football, Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. God, this is going to be a great game. Buffalo's 3-1, and one, Kansas City's 2-2. Two and two. Kansas City is favored by 2.5 points in this one. So basically a field goal, and I get it. It's arrowhead. It's the home push you know, for those three points. But I actually like Buffalo to cover the 2.5 points. And I'll tell you why, because... I can see Buffalo winning this game. I can see either team winning this game. I can make arguments for either side. But if you're going to give me two and a half points on either one of those sides, then that's the side I'm going to take. If it was Kansas City was the dog, then I would take Kansas City. But because Buffalo, I'm getting two and a half free points, yes, I'm going to take that. And I'm also going to take that over that we mentioned at 56.6. Now, last week, they blanked. The Texans by 40. Dawson Knox is coming on strong. Buffalo leads the NFL in turnovers. Um, this defense, this offense, you put it all together, and man, it's a recipe for a really good fucking football team. Moss and Singletary in fantasy, I know it's tough because they have even splits, and you don't really know who's going to get the bulk of the carries or who's going to be the most efficient runner week to week. But the Kansas City run defense is one of the worst in the National Football League. So one of these guys is going to get some points for somebody. Um, Singletary has four fumbles, though, so you always got to kind of be wary of that. If I had to just pick and choose one of those guys, that's why that might lead me towards Moss, but one of these guys is going to go off, if not a combination of the two on Sunday Night Football. With the Chiefs, you know, last week, great win for Andy Reid in Philly, um, but allowing 125 points, which is the second worst in the NFL, that can't stand. You can't possibly expect to make another Super Bowl run when your defense is playing that bad. Look up the stats. Look up our articles. Again, 15 of the last 20 NFL Super Bowl champions had a top 10 defense. Like, you're just, you're not going to get that. You can score all the points in 
the world that you want. Ask the Vikings about it sometime. Like, you're just not going to go anywhere if you don't improve that defense. So that's what they got to try to do this week because allowing seven yards per play, which obviously is the worst in the NFL, is just ridiculous. Every time the other team snaps the ball, they get seven yards. Like, they can't stop anybody at all. Um, You know, it also doesn't help that, you know, they turn the ball over offensively. They're third worst in offensive turnovers. I think they've turned the ball over seven times. So, either way, it's going to be a good game. Both teams are tied for the number two offense in the NFL, but I just trust the Chiefs' defense less. Um, You know, I think that when there's only two teams worse than you at turning the ball over offensively and those two teams are the Jets and Jaguars, you're not in a very good place right now. Now, this game could end up being a Mahomes highlight reel game, but I really think that Buffalo has what it takes to beat them in Arrowhead, and this is the perfect time for a show-me game. This is a perfect time to go 4-1, and one, get a stronghold on the division, send the Chiefs back below 500, and establish yourself as a Super Bowl favorite, and I think you're going to see a lot of lines swing as far as Super Bowl odds next week after this game. But we'll see how it plays out. I Again, I'm going to take Buffalo to cover the 2.5 points and hit that over on 56.6. I think this will be a great fucking game. And then that leads us into the Monday night football game, which is Indianapolis at 1-3 going into Baltimore at 3-1. Baltimore is favored by 7 in this game, and I don't love this line. I'll be honest. I don't love it. So if you're like, hey, then don't bet it. But I'm going to take it. I'm a, You know, it's Monday night. You like to have some juice on Monday night, right? You know, so minus seven to Baltimore. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. You know, I'll cover the points. Um, you know, uh, last week, the Colts, you know, they got in the W column. Obviously, they embarrassed Miami. Naheem Hines, just kamikaze to your fantasy team if you had him in. And a little bit of that may be on me. Listen, I never said he was fucking starter one. I said you should maybe keep your eye on him, put him on the radar, have him around. Like, if you're in a deep, deep fucking league, then you had to do what you had to do. You know, listen, we all take our L's every once in a while, but we have more W's than L's. Follow the show. You know we speak truth. So it is what it is. But let's talk about the Ravens. Man, I love John Harbaugh. Like, I love this fucking guy. Like, I mean... If I were to buy an NFT, and if you're too old to know what an NFT is, then just hit the skip ahead 30 seconds button and you don't have to worry about it. But if I were to buy an NFT, the one that I want is John Harbaugh looking into the field and going, Lamar, Lamar, you want to go for it? Let's go. That's the fucking NFT that I want. I want that fucking NFT. So if it's available, if it's out there, let's talk. Let's make that happen. But in the meantime, there was much to do about the Ravens taking on the Broncos and, you know, there was uh, a record that was about to be tied and that record was for 43 straight 100-yard rushing games and the Ravens tied it last week, tied that record, um, ties the Steelers and... The issue was that with like five seconds left on the clock or whatever it is, the Ravens were basically in victory formation 
and Lamar Jackson ran the ball and got enough yards to keep that streak alive. And what was so great about this was Vic Fangio was pissing and moaning, and he said, you know, I don't understand what the point of running that play is. You already had the win anyway, and this and that, and he was all caught up in his fucking panties. But here's the response from John Harbaugh. He said, funny, because you were down by 16 points with 10 seconds left, and you were still throwing the ball into the end zone, which is how we got the ball in the first place. He said, I don't know of any 16-point plays that I'm aware of. So basically, John Harbaugh said, fuck your feelings. If you have a problem with it, stop me. And I just, I fucking love it. I'm here for every single second of it. And I just like, God, he's the exact kind of guy you'd want to play for. So fuck Vic Fangio's feelings. And, uh, you know, here's an interesting stat that even surprised me is do you know who leads the league in average depth of target right now? I'll tell you what, Aaron Rodgers is number two at 9.7 yards. So if you want to know if you're not familiar with average depth of target, it's basically every time a quarterback throws the ball, how far away is his receiver? You know, how many yards downfield is the wide receiver? You have another stat that people like to use sometimes, which is yards per attempt. But the issue with yards per attempt is that it can be skewed by yards after a catch. So if you throw a 10-yard out and then the guy runs for 50 yards after the fact, for that attempt, you would be credited with the 60 yards. So a dot average depth of target, is a much better uh, context cue as far as how far down the field quarterbacks are pushing the ball. So again... Aaron Rodgers is number two in the league at 9.7 yards. So his average throw is 9.7 yards downfield. You know who's number one at 11.6 yards? I do. It's Lamar Jackson. You know, the running back who can't throw the ball and he can't, all that stuff. Yeah, 11.6 yards, average depth of target. So good for Lamar, good for the Ravens. And by the way, this week, Frank Gore will start at running back. So that's going to be really interesting for the Ravens. And a couple of you just had your eyes go really wide and you're like, what? I didn't hear that. Let me check Twitter. What's going on? No, that's actually bullshit. I just made that up. But how ridiculous is the Ravens backfield that you actually bought that shit for a second? That's the exact reason why you are not starting any Ravens running back. Because listen, Murray had 18 carries last week, which tells me only one thing. He gets nine this week at best. So stay away from the Ravens running backs in fantasy. But for Baltimore, play Ravens football this week. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat like a 1-3 Indianapolis Colts team and move on to next week. But before we all move on to next week, you know I got to hit you with the four-way parlay and the eight-team super parlay. So this is what I got. I've given you all my best spreads this week, everything I like and that I don't like. I do think there's some much better lines here than we got last week, but even last week, we have come out ahead every single week. If you literally were putting a dollar down on every single spread that we have put out there this year, you're ahead. You're way ahead of the game. So let's start with our four-way parlay. Our four-way parlay this week is 
is the Bucks money line, the Packers money line, the Ravens minus seven, and the Titans minus four. And a few people have asked me, you know, if you're new to betting, if you're not really kind of sure how it works, when I say money line, that just means I'm picking the team outright to win. So unlike, say, Baltimore, where minus seven means the team has to win by at least seven points for me to cover that, or the Titans minus four, the Titans have to win by at least four points. Whereas if I say Bucks money line, Green Bay money line, I'm just betting on them to win because I don't like the spread. It's not that, you know, I don't think they're going to win. It's just like I, maybe the spread is too big or too, you know, whatever the situation is. So our four-way parlay, we've got the Bucks to win, Packers to win, Ravens to win by seven, Titans to win by four. And obviously if you get any of those underneath those lines if you can get the ravens at six or five or if you get tennessee by field goal then jump all over them even more so so you parlay these four together obviously your payout is going to be much better and you know even I've, I've had questions about the parlay so for those who don't know who might be new to it a parlay is just basically tying bets together you got to win them all or it doesn't matter so what I like to personally do is I'll throw a few bucks on all of the spreads that I mentioned. So let's say there's 10 for sake of argument that I've put out. I will put $10 or $20, whatever I'm putting down, I put it individually on each one of those because I know I'm going to come out ahead. I know that I'm going to come out ahead on that. But then just for fun, you take a couple bucks and you tie them into a parlay. So for example, the four-team parlay, you throw the money on the four-team parlay, and then the uh, the odds of it increase exponentially, which means the payout is much greater. So for a little bit of money, you can actually clean up way more than you would clean up if you hit every single one of your straight bets. So that's the way it works. If you have more questions about that, drop us a DM, man. Hit us up on Twitter. We get those all the time, and we love to help you guys out and try to get you into this world and just you know, have you enjoying football a little bit more each weekend. So that's our four-way parlay. Eight-team super parlay is going to start off very similar. So Bucks money line, I'm going to actually take Green Bay with the points. So in this one, Green Bay minus three. And then Baltimore, I'm not going to take the points. I'm going to take the money line. So I just kind of switched up what I'm doing with those two. And then Tennessee still minus four. The Bills plus two and a half, Dallas by seven, Arizona by five and a half, and the Jets plus three. That's right. The Jets would have to uh, pull off the upset or at the very least lose by three in that situation. So that's my eight-team super parlay. Other than that, that's it for us this week. You know I love you guys. I don't need to rant about it. You guys mean the world to me. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for everybody who comes up to me when I'm out at Hard Rock Stadium and uh, takes pictures with us and tags us and different things and just, you know, love to hear your stories and how you enjoy the show and things like that. But engage with us. Get a Twitter if you don't have one. Find us at Regulators Pod. And remember, use that code regulators at mybookie.ag. Get in on all the action and it's just going to add a lot more excitement to how you watch football, which is already pretty fucking good, if I'm being honest. Um, but we'll catch you guys in the Twitter streets. You know how we do. So I hope you all have an amazing, amazing weekend. And tell somebody who's really close to you this week that they matter, that you care about them. 
make that something on your to-do list. When y'all having drinks with your homies this weekend, have one for me and say it like this. Regulators! Regulators!